Welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Tuesday the 18th of April with me, Bernadette Anderko. On the show today, our Head of Technical Analysis, Mensa Pachinchi, will be joining us to talk through what the charts are indicating right now. But first, I'm delighted to be joined by the Head of Investment Writing, Roman Canciani, who's going to fill us in on the main events that's been moving markets whilst we slept. Good morning, Roman. Good morning, Bernadette. Perhaps you could start today's show off with what's been driving the markets over the past hours. Well, in general, there's a lot of chatter about the stock markets climbing the wall of worry at the moment. It seems that everybody's negative these days on stocks, but still, the market has been rising a lot recently. The S&P 500 in the US, for example, has risen by 6% over the past month. This comes against hedge funds going increasingly short the market, with S&P 500 e-mini futures data showing that they are almost as bearish as about 12 years ago in 2011, just after the downgrade of the US credit rating at that time. And latest macro data releases as well as the kickoff to the earnings season in the US have been, well, uneven so far. Yesterday's Empire manufacturing data in the US, as a case in point, have come in much stronger than expected, raising the chances for yields in the US to stay higher for longer. So how did the markets cope then with the incoming data yesterday? Well, after a weakish start to the trading day, US markets managed to eke out just another gain in the end with the S&P 500 index closing 0.3% higher and with eight of its 11 sectors handing in a positive performance on the day. Outperformers were to be found in real estate, the best performing sector with an average gain of more than 2%, financials due to, at the margin, better than expected Q1 results, and industrials. Yesterday's distractors included energy and telecom, both down by more than 1%. Volatility, meanwhile, as measured by the VIX index, which shows implied forward volatility of the S&P 500 constituents over the coming 30 days, is on this year's lows, usually a sign that investors, probably as opposed to strategists, are actually rather positive at the moment. Right, but the fixed income market must have felt the impact of the overall positive economic data over the past days. Yes, indeed. During trading hours yesterday, the US yield curve overall moved up by about 10 basis points on the Empire Manufacturing News and on Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond President Thomas Barkin, saying that he wants to see more evidence that US inflation is easing back to the central bank's goal of 2% before pausing interest rate hikes. This morning, the two-year US Treasury yield is at 4.18, significantly above the 4% handle, which it had just jumped over about one week ago. The 10-year, meanwhile, is at 3.59. Higher yields are probably also the reason why the US dollar has rebounded a bit from the lows last week. It is trading around 109.50 versus the euro and just below 124 versus the British pound. And for completeness sake, with regard to latest readings, gold is trading just at 2,000 US dollars per ounce, Bitcoin at 29,500, and one barrel of Brent oil is changing hands at 85 US dollars, a bit higher than yesterday. Right. Um, Is there any news regarding overnight action on the markets? Well, yes, China surprised with positive economic data for the first quarter 2023. Gross domestic product expanded by 4.5% over the first three months of the year, compared with one year earlier. The median estimate, as reported by Bloomberg, had been expecting a number around 4%. It was mainly consumer spending and the ramp up in government spending on infrastructure, which helped to boost growth in the first quarter. Still, Markets in Asia have not traded materially up on the news, as some market participants had been hoping for more positive data from industrial activity too. 
So while domestic shares in Shanghai trade slightly up this morning, Hong Kong's Hang Seng was down about 0.8% when I checked a few moments ago. And what are the European markets up to this morning? European stocks are on track for a slight advance this morning, uh, but this can change quickly with a lot of companies in Europe and the US reporting their Q1 earnings over the course of the day. We already had Sika, EasyJet and Ericsson in. Uh, later on, US financial heavyweights Goldman Sachs and Bank of America are scheduled to report. In terms of macro data, we already had UK unemployment data for February in, showing a strong beat with regard to average weekly earnings and a slightly higher than expected unemployment rate at 3.8%. Later on today, in the US, we expect some housing numbers and the New York Fed Services Business Activity Report. That's it from me. Thanks so much for the update, Roman. Now, Roman already touched on the US dollar. It has been trading weaker, so it's great timing that we've got the head of technical analysis here who can perhaps shed some light on whether there's further downside potential for the currency. Good morning, Mensur. Yes, good morning, everyone. Um, the US dollar is at the center of interest. When we look here at the US dollar index, uh, we basically see that uh, we have been in a steep correction since September of last year. Uh, there are two important observations here. So first of all, even after the heavy decline, we have not seen any material uh, material pickup or demand for the US dollar. So this means that even as the US dollar is becoming cheaper, it is not enough to attract investors to invest into the US dollar. So our thinking has been that maybe the US dollar index could decline back to its previous middle of the trading range. So that would be around 95 on the US dollar index, so this would be another 5 to 6% from current levels on the downside. Nevertheless, we think there is maybe a slight chance investors need to keep an open mind that the US dollar will even accelerate further on the downside. Why is this the case? When we look at US dollar Swiss franc, basically we are seeing that all the gains from 2021 have been retraced. So uh, our view remains still unchanged. We expect the US dollar to decline further, first of all. And secondly, we would keep here an open mind that the US dollar might even decline below 95 on the US dollar index. So with this downward momentum for the dollar, what are the implications for financial markets, Mentor? Yes, I mean, um, we can take history maybe as a possible guide for future returns. So when we look at history, basically the most uh, interesting aspects of financial markets are, of course, commodities. So when we look here at uh, gold, especially, uh, we see that gold basically has uh, has seen um, more than 98% of all its gains while the US dollar was in a bearish mode. So this helps gold. And of course, it is no surprise that investors, when the US dollar falls, are looking for alternatives. On the flip side of this, we can see that European equities, especially the DAX, have uh, suffered quite a bit. So when we look at the DAX, uh, more than 95% of its gains uh, since uh, 1973 have come when the US dollar was advancing. Uh, what does this mean? It basically means uh, for European equities, it might be a headwind and for commodities and precious metal, a tailwind. Of course, these are the historic studies and we always need to compare the current readings of the market. Uh, so the current readings uh, in the precious metal markets, commodities, basically confirm this. So there is demand for gold and silver. 
When we look at European equities, we think it is too early to sell because here they remain in strong demand and their uptrend in European equities to us seems still healthy. So we would recommend investors to continue to hold to European equities at this time. Thanks so much for your insights today, Mentor. Well, that concludes today's podcast. Thanks for joining us. Tomorrow, our head of equity strategy, Mathieu Rachete, will be here to give us a heads up on earnings expectations after the big US banks kicked off the season on Friday. Please join us for that and much more on what's moving markets. Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.